How much time are you wasting avoiding a 10-minute hard conversation? Hi, welcome to Business Mindset Mastery. I'm your host, Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and leadership expert. I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs, and you can always learn more about me and how to work with me over at heathergrayconsulting.com. And today I am impulsively jumping on the mic. Um, In recent weeks, you've heard podcasts that have been perfectly planned out and perfectly outlined and all set in a perfect content calendar. I have been a really good entrepreneur and podcast host, my friends. And today I am mixing it up by impulsively getting on the mic to talk about something that I feel like if I don't talk about in the moment as I'm feeling it and experiencing it, I'm not adequately going to be able to teach you a really important lesson and a really good takeaway. And if my moment in time of discomfort can help you be uncomfortable, for a shorter amount of time in the future, then I am right where I'm supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So I started this show with a quote that actually comes from a colleague of mine, Stacy Speaker. She is an executive coach working with corporate women who are in the um, toy industry. So she works with the larger toy companies and the female leaders in that company, helping them accelerate their processes and um, work and lead with more confidence. One of the things that she teaches people that she works with was passed on to me. And it's this idea that she, you know, sort of poses to her clients regularly. How much time are you wasting avoiding a 10-minute hard conversation? The first time I heard her say that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so good. That's exactly what so many people do. We sit and we spin and we start thinking about who we're going to disappoint and how we're going to disappoint them, or we worry what people are going to think of us if we do this, or we say this, or we don't do this, and we don't say that, and we avoid the hard things, thinking that we're sparing ourselves embarrassment. Maybe we think that we're um, maintaining an image of sorts or avoiding disappointing somebody else, but instead all we do is disappoint ourselves and we we don't choose ourselves and we don't put ourselves on the list. And sometimes, you know, in isolated examples to go with the flow and go with the crowd, it's easier to not say what we really think to keep the peace. But if over time we build that as a habitual habit, we become people who don't speak up for ourselves. We give away our power and we lose our confidence. And then suddenly months have gone by or years have gone by and we look back and we say like, where Where did we go and who did we become? This entire year, I have been through a process where I have seen and experienced this in living color. If you've been following me in my journey for a while, you know that my husband and I purchased a home in February of 2018. And for most of this 2019, um, start actually, we, we broke ground on um, a rebuild of the home in February. We're going to be wrapping it up for November 2019, God willing, and the creeks don't rise, right? Like, 
quick that we we get there so we are almost done but it has been a year of decision making from architects to tradespeople to carpentry and lighting and interiors and you know I never knew that I was going to have to spend so much time thinking about um where I want my um uh my, my bathroom hook to be in my um my bathroom or where I need a handle on a cabinet door and how much, you know, what's the length of the cabinet door that I need the handle for, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just the smallest details that you have to decide when you are rebuilding from the ground up. And, you know, always too is in this story, as I say it, it's we're grateful for the problems we have. They're certainly first world problems. It doesn't mean that there these moments and these experiences and these examples aren't hard and don't challenge us in some ways. In recent months, as the project wraps up, probably like no surprise and not entirely unfamiliar to anybody who's done a remodel, we start to see the costs adding up. And we start to see some of the things that, you know, come with the remodel, things that we didn't plan on. Our roof um, needed way more work and intervention than we'd originally planned. And um, more of our stucco needed to be removed. And, you know, there were, in you know, in internal costs that we know we needed to expect. Um, but you never know what that number is going to be when you're at the outset and you're planning things and you're making decisions. So at the beginning of this project, we laid out the design. We knew where we were putting stone. We knew where we were putting tile. We knew where we were putting hardwood. We knew what we were needing and what we were doing. But then as with any project, new things come up that we get offered. So now that we've replaced the cement in the, in the yard of our home so that my husband, my husband has a spinal cord injury and needed ramps put on the property. Um, you know, our garage, the floor of the garage looks really messy. Do we just want to reseal it with epoxy? And now that we have all this nice cabinetry, do we want a really nice bookshelf to match or do we want to buy something? So we're starting to be presented with options, all of which costs money, all of which will take us over budget. So as we manage all of these pieces, my husband gets pretty uncomfortable with these hard conversations. It's easier for him to to just say yes, to say, okay, we decided on this months ago, and yes, we didn't know about the roof, and yes, we didn't know that the ramp was going to need XYZ instead of ABC, so we paid more money. We're just going to keep saying yes, keep saying yes, keep saying yes, to avoid that conversation. <laughs> I am the person who then, as a result of probably... <laughs> You know, it's a workplace hazard given the nature of what I do. I am the person who has the hard conversations, who says to the designer, hey, I know that we picked XYZ for furniture, but is there a more cost-effective option? Because we've said yes to a lot of things, and I need to say no to a few things now as we wrap up the project and try to keep this, you know, in some reasonable budget. And when I had that conversation, it went a little bit like, I know we've been looking at crate and barrel and pottery barn, et cetera, et cetera. But I have found this thing on Wayfair, which, you know, is a big box store and 
um, gets things done and delivered on the cheap. And I, you know, I had to say, I know this detracts from your original design, but I'm wondering if we can do this with the same look at a cheaper price. And I can tell you that, you know, in, in these situations and, um, you know, the intellectually, I know that I'm the customer and the customer is always right. But at the same time, we've been working with our team for over a year now. I care what they think about me. And I don't, after they've worked with me for 10 months, want to be the difficult client after they've sourced and looked and been like, hey, I found this thing at, way, you know, I found this thing at Crate and Barrel. It seems to be exactly what you need for me to say, it's $600. I don't like it. $600 a month. I'm sorry. Like I need to find a cheaper option because I don't want to waste people's time. I don't want to make their jobs harder. And I, I don't want to be the difficult client, particularly, you know, after the end of working together. But I have to have that conversation and I have to like say so. Otherwise, I'm living with the natural feeling of what it feels like to overspend, to go over budget and to wonder what in my regular everyday life am I going to have to start saying no to because I said yes to this other stupid thing. And that conversation doesn't get easier just because I know I need to have it. I have to feel uncomfortable having the conversation, stating my opinion, recognizing that because I have changed my mind, I have wasted someone else's time. And I have to sit in that and own it so that I can get to the other side of not worrying about going out to dinner when this whole thing is over because I've somehow inadvertently in an avoidance of these conversations made myself house poor. Um, But that moment of I am uncomfortable, I need to have it any, this conversation anyway is so critical because I think a lot of you listening probably wait until you're okay with the conversation in order to have it. So sometimes you're waiting until you're good and freaking pissed off to say what it is you really think and what it is you really need to see happen or to hold accountability with someone because you don't want them to be upset. But in reality, I have to tell you, if I had waited to be uncomfortable being the difficult client, I would still not have had that conversation. And I can also tell you having that hard conversation, it still feels uncomfortable. It still feels also too a little embarrassing because to suddenly be like looking at, you know, like the budget line items when we didn't look at them earlier because we knew we needed a new shower and we knew we needed this, but now suddenly we're hemming and hawing on curtains and, you know, all of the stupid pesky details that add up at the end. Like it doesn't feel comfortable But what I can tell you is that when I talked about that conversation to my friends after, when I said, hey, listen, like I, you know, I just, I had to speak up. I said something and like, holy hell, I feel like me again. I feel like I'm breathing. Like I finally just said what I meant and meant what I said and it felt okay. Um, And we work and we have that hard conversation, even though it feels uncomfortable, so that we can feel the breath that comes after. Now, likewise, I just had to do this all over again. We have this awesome guy we found. Um, one of the things that really was kind of making me crazy in general was how much furniture cost on the West Coast compared to the East Coast. 
And I don't know, that's probably a story I'm telling myself and it's probably not entirely true, but um, I kept looking at prices and feeling like I didn't love anything I was seeing for the price that was being listed. And ultimately, I, you know, I went looking around and I found like this artisan guy who makes these beautiful dining room tables and they were ultimately going to be less money than the big box stores at, that I was looking at. And in exchange for having like a live edge table that somebody made, made from an actual tree that like he sourced and worked on like for less money shipped from Canada nonetheless um shout out to Beaver Hardwood by the way if anybody is in the um uh business of furniture shopping right now and you need good artisan hardwood furniture shout out to Beaver Hardwood um, I, you know, I, I found this guy and he could make me something individual and unique for our home. And when we looked at the price and looked at the value, like we were so all into it to the point where as he talked about his process and what he was going to do, we have him making my husband's desk. We have him making my desk. I'm a huge fan of jigsaw puzzles. So we have him doing the jigsaw puzzle and the dining room table. And then at some point we said, why not do a shelf in my office? because these were all things that we were going to have to buy and this guy was giving us a really good rate and really fair um, price for custom you know made furniture that we couldn't find anywhere else and so we made this decision months ago probably before we said yes to a bunch of other things and now as the project is wrapping up and his deliverable is on its way or getting ready to be created to come to the United States from Canada one of the things he says about that gosh darn shelf is that it needs to be bolted into the wall. But we've already <laughs> closed up the drywall on that wall. So if we were going to put it into the studs and get it grounded to the wall, I was we were going to need to pay for the wall to be open, for the wall to be redone and smoothed and sanded so it could be painted again. And I didn't want to do that. So I said, let's turn it into a table. Turning it into a table adds up the cost of table legs. And suddenly I was looking at this thing that was going to be a shelf, became a table, and suddenly it was going to cost me 400 $150 more for the type of legs that would best suit the weight of the wood for this table. I didn't want it anymore. Once it became that hard, I knew that he had started the project. I knew he had worked on the wood. I knew like all of those things, but I, like knowing that I was going to have this beautiful dining room table, knowing I was going to have these desks and all of this, I just didn't want the shelf anymore. And I had to reach out and say, I understand that for safety, we have to bolt the shelf a certain way. We turned it into a table, but you know, I'm looking at these unexpected costs. This isn't really what I want to be doing, et cetera, et cetera. What is the cost of canceling this project. And, you know, I sounded like the biggest a-hole in the email that I probably sound to all of you listening that like at the end of the project, it's already done. You're suddenly going to say like, no, for what basically comes down to a few hundred dollars. And I felt like a jerk having the conversation, but I also too don't want to be in this process of just saying yes, because I don't want to be a jerk and I don't want to feel that feeling of being trapped into a yes. And what it has often felt like on times like this is that I'm on some runaway train where all of these yeses have led to me having to say yes to another thing. And I think that you as business owners, as much as this 
story probably sounds self-indulgent and ridiculous in its, you know, privilege. I think that there's also something that all of you understand and can take away from it, that being difficult, having the hard conversation, saying, I know that you've worked hard, but this isn't what I want. Like, regardless of where we are in our lives, having that conversation, it doesn't get easier. And I, you know, and he met me with some tension in the email. It wasn't all kumbaya and unicorns up people's behinds. Like he was, he was upset with me and rightfully so. And we ended up coming up with a compromise that we can both live with. And ironically, we're going to turn it back into a shelf, but we're going to do it differently so it can be supported differently without drywall, et cetera, et cetera. So I had to be awkward as anything and uncomfortable as anything and have the conversation anyway so that I could talk to you all with breath to know that the big picture for me, what I really needed to see happen was that we stayed in a realistic, reasonable budget because we didn't do this just to end up paying $400, $500 more at the end of the day. We did this because it was going to be the best thing for our home, but also the most cost-effective intervention given all of the other changes, all of the other investments, all the other things that we said yes to. I was able to, at the end of the conversation, really wrap this up nicely. He said to me, I've never had a customer ask this before. And I was able to say, I've never been the customer who's had to ask that before. And it sucked for me too. I'm really sorry. And we, you know, we moved it to a place where I'm so glad I said something and he's, you know, working with me on a solution and it feels good all around. Now, that first conversation with the designer, I can tell you, doesn't really feel wrapped up with a bow as nice as the second conversation is. Um, There's still that weird sense of tension of like, I've taken you off plan, but yes, I'm the customer and I get to take you off plan. And this one ended with two people really acknowledging like, whew, this was hard, but like so glad we got to the other side of it. Here's what I want you to know and why I got on the mic to have this conversation with you today. I want you to know that on the other side of a hard conversation, when it is received with open arms or it's received with resignation and irritation, I am left feeling the same way. I think that we avoid the hard conversations and we avoid the tension because we're so afraid of the fallout. We're so afraid of what's going to happen on the other side, what other people are going to think of us and how they're going to respond and what they're going to say and what they're going to do. And I had two very different responses. I got the, yep, you're the customer. You get to do what you want. Um, And I got the, no, hey, this was a really hard conversation, but I'm so glad we had it response. In both instances, because I said what I thought and meant what I said and all of that, I am left breathing. It's not wrapped up in a bow. In one case, it is wrapped up in a bow in another. But because I spoke my truth, because I said no when I meant no, because I didn't turn a no into a yes to make someone else comfortable I am sitting to you in sitting here talking to you on this mic comfortable in my own skin.
telling people what I want them to think, and leaving them with the information they need to understand the situation and the outcome. And it's become this teachable lesson, like admittedly an obnoxious first world problem lesson, but let's all be grateful for the problems we have. And if you are sitting on the wrong side of a hard conversation, if you're sitting and spinning and thinking and turning and avoiding saying what you mean or asking for help or receiving help or admitting what you don't know, or you are somehow sitting in that vulnerability before action, I want to encourage you to stop wasting the time before the hard conversation. You are capable of hard conversations. You can do hard things. And the feeling that you're waiting for, the relief that you're waiting for, the breath that you're waiting for is on the other side of that really hard conversation. Thanks for indulging me today and hearing me out. And I'm looking forward to hearing how I can help you with this. If you are simply looking for the words in a hard conversation, you don't, you know what needs to be said or you know what needs to be done and you just don't know how to do it. Allow me and my experience to help you right in your situation. Cause I promise you, you're not the only one in it. And I will offer my two cents in a podcast. You can reach out to me over at Heather at heathergrayconsulting.com reach out to me and I'll get you going and on your way. Thank you so much for today. I really look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.